Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Morning out and welcome all to part 5 of my Euro Diary with the Governor Alan Hudson. Buddy, we missed the last one because uh, I was away on holiday, so we're going to be doubling up. Doubling up is something that Shaw has done very well with Sterling, but Chilwell, when Shaw was dragged off last night just to give um, other players uh, a little bit of uh, time on, on the pitch, a right back again was picked over, a left back in Chilwell. And I looked at that and I said to Tom, if I was Chilwell, I think I'd retire from international football. And if I was a flair player, I think I'd, in- I'd retire from international football uh, until Gareth Southgate has left. What's your take on that? And what's your take on the tournament so far? I've been bored shitless, I'll be honest with you, Al. <laughs> um, now, you're pretty much along, along the same lines. I watched it with uh, Shanksy and um, we watched it down at Casino. And there's a lot of people sitting around and uh, they started very enthusiastic, screaming, but I, I don't think really they could understand uh, the problems the other team had, you know. Um, uh, I, I was thinking this morning to myself, I think, thinking when, I ever, when I ever look back uh, at my games and think about the, the best games I've ever played and the worst games I've ever played, and I'd always... Oh, Always keep in mind the opposition, yeah. and uh, you don't you don't boast about playing great matches against certain opposition, you know. And, and uh, last night that was like getting a free ticket, you know. Um, the first goal was a uh, absolute, you know. They, uh, I, uh, you know, the, I think the pundits have spoilt the spoilt this for me as much as any as much as Southgate really. Mm. Uh, with their views on the game and the, how they mislead the public, um, it, you know, because um, they're, they're defending last night. The other team's defending was, you know, I seen better defending and, and from the golden line on, on the Sunday, you know, like years ago when I used to watch the pub football, it was it was terrible. And it, you know, they're building building the poor performance up into be something like. Uh, um, uh, you know, look at, again, looking back at Brazil in 1970, and you know with Pele and all them, and you think, what's 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 going on? What what are these people doing on TV talking about the game? It's you know Shearer and Lineker, and they said they they're earning big big money for saying everything that wants needs needs to be heard. You know. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, I um, <clears throat> I make little notes and I watch things and I, I look, I observe. Where has all the quality gone from European football? You're absolutely spot on. That Brazil team of 1970 would give any of these teams, and I mean any of them that I've seen, a two-goal head start and still and still beaten by three. Yeah, that, that wouldn't, you know. <clears throat> well, they'd, I'd wonder if they wanted, they'd probably walk off, you know. Uh, it, it's, it was, you know, it, it was easier than a training match really mm-hmm. last night. Um, I looked at Chevchenko and, and wonder what what his what his pre pre match talk was all about. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I just, you know, knew what your comments earlier on, you, you know, I, exactly what I said to Don. I said, what is he doing? Bring it, keep, you know, Henderson come on, he scored, you know, couldn't believe it. It was, you know, if everything's falling into place, you know, um, it's it's making 1966 look like it was a, an, an incredible tournament, you know. Um, um, uh, I just, exactly what you said about, I, I said, why is he not bringing these uh, the players on the line, the, the two or three players, Foden and, and Grealish on them, and really go, go, you know, say, go out and let's get six, seven, eight against yeah. each other. Let's show what they really are. But he's he's even put defenders on it at three nil up to protect the lead, and I don't really, I don't, I don't go with all that um, to give them time, because you know they're all very fit. Mm. No, no, there ain't no question about anyone's fitness. Jack, Jack's proved that when he's come on, he was out for the last 12, 13 games of the season, and every time he's came on, he's he's looked fitter than anybody. Mm-hmm. He, he's put more in than anyone, or he's only been on for quarter now, twenty minutes. But, but at, at that level of football, you you don't put play, you don't put players on and off to give them game time. I don't, I'm not a great believer in that. You play them for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I couldn't see any reason for his changes last night. It's just. Uh, and, and and he comments after the game about him feeling so sorry about the people that can't get in the team. Well, if you're not bloody good enough, you don't get in, do you? Absolutely, yeah. And he took 26. So, you know, he, yeah. he, he made that rod for his own back. And you'd said <clears throat> on previous podcasts, well, 23 is enough. I wouldn't take any more than 23. So that was the first problem that he had, that he self-inflicted. He's got to leave yeah, three players yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, we, we both know that you only need two players for each position. Yeah. Uh, it's not a long tournament. It's a very short tournament. Um, if someone gets injured, that's all part of the game. You know, uh, Jimmy Green had to live with that all his life. I mm-hmm. had to live in 1970, missing missing the finals. Jimmy was at to sit on the line after playing the first game or two. Um, that's all part and parcel of football. But mm-hmm. uh, to to actually ignore ignore your best players is 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 a football sin really it is and and that's what Gareth Southgate and 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 I, I get all the I get all the happy clappers as long as they win they'll clap these well, are fine, they, these are fine margins Al, aren't they if you lose the clappers ain't going to be clapping they're going to be asking questions we ask the questions before and during and after because that's what we do we we just love the football well, yeah, you know, we want to see. Uh, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather watch. I, I mean, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the game before. It was, it was a, it wasn't a classic football match, but it was two teams going at it. And uh, but this one was all right. But I, I don't know. You, you feel it, anyone listening to our podcast are going to say, "What is wrong? They should be jubilant," you yeah. know. That's uh, it's nothing to be jubilant about. I mean, what's so Harry can't Harry can't believe his luck. You know, um, the first goal. I mean, Don didn't stop talking about it all through the game. When when is this when is this for on TV going to mention that Harry was given the first goal? I mean, there was no there was the defender was right on the wrong side of him. 
and, and, and a few yards away, and and he just it was a simple it was a simple goal really. I said it was a fantastic pass where you, the kind of passes you make, well without with your eyes closed. Uh, they just build. Are they paid to make these games look? You know, I used to say about listening to games on the radio and then watching it. You watch it on TV and you just say, well, they must have been in the wrong game. They're paid to build the game up on the radio to be a lot better. They can get away with it on the radio because you're not watching it. Yeah. But they're, they're, making, they're making it as exciting as they possibly can when it's, uh, when it's boring. And, and that, I mean, that, that seems to be how we're going here because it was a, the game was a non-existent game last night. Uh, um, I, I don't know. It's... Um, I thought when it got to this stage of the tournament that there was no bad team, that there couldn't be any bad teams in it, but I was proved wrong last night. Well, people say that. Well, it just strikes me, people that don't know what they're going on about. There's no easy games in international football. Well, yeah, we all know that it's like, you know, the elite of, of all the nations that compete. But there are an awful lot of nations that aren't very good and some of them have never been any good and some will never be any good. There are a lot of easy games. I can't believe how easy this this draw has been and we've said it on previous podcasts it's opened up like the Red Sea opened up for Moses if England ain't going to win this tournament they ain't going to win any tournament and I just can't believe how how bad some of the teams are and not just the teams that we've faced but other teams games I've watched there's only been a couple of games I've looked at and thought you know what that's a good game or I've looked at a bit of skill by a player and thought that is sublime there's not been many magic moments there's not been many moments in this tournament that have made me sit up and just gone like wow that was quality yeah yeah there was um I remember raving about when we was on the other day. We were raving about the the Polish centre forward, you know, yeah. you know, uh, but putting in performances like that when you have to really, you know, you have to really, he, he had to work so hard to to get try and get his team through. Where last night was just a canter, you know. It was a, I just couldn't believe how easy it was and. Um, it's, it's almost as if, uh, you know, the old saying, the, the name's written on the trophy. Uh, you know, they score after three minutes. They give you a goal after three minutes and then they give you a goal after the first minute of the second half. And it was kind of, uh, you thought that uh, the other team's manager, who was, who was a fantastic player in Russia, um, you'd have thought he'd had a bet on England. I mean, it, it was almost as if it was, you know, oh, don't worry about defending, you know. Don't worry, it's only Harry Kane, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it, it was just beyond me out. And it, what it done was, I suppose when you look forward to, to a good football match and, and you're disappointed, that, that was it. Because uh, I, I said to Dom, we say in the casino, we had a bed dinner and then it got to, I hadn't seen him for a while, obviously, and, and he wanted to stay out. And I said, Don, you know, if it weren't for you, I'd have turned over by now. Mm. I'd have been at home, I'd have turned over and I'd, I'd have put a, a good film on. Uh, and um, and I, I, I can, there'd be a lot of headaches this morning and they deserve everyone because I, I, I was in a place before I got to the casino last night and the England fans are just using this uh, tournament for a, a, a terrific excuse to get drunk out of their head. Uh, it, it's the, They weren't football fans out last night watching it. 
Well, absolutely, because the, the whole of the nation tends to unite when, when England are playing. But in this tournament, what I've noticed, whether it's because I'm looking at social media a lot more, um, but there's a massive division. Because when I looked, and, and I, was, I was away, so I'd been out for the day and I'd, I'd come back and I'd looked at the lineup against the Germans and I couldn't believe how defensive it was. Three defenders, two wing-backs, two holding midfield players and just three up front. I thought England got out of jail and I thought we were lucky. And I think if Germany had a bit of barum, Germany could have been a goal or two up before Jack entered the fray and changed the game. And it is fine margins. And I just think if you keep playing with holding midfield players, I mean, it was okay last night because... They were playing a pub team. I can't believe they got to the quarterfinals of a major tournament. And I did say on my timeline, <clears throat> I fancied 6-0. I really thought that Ukraine were that bad. But I just look at it, I just think, surely you can't keep winning with playing your, or rather having your best players on the bench, having holding midfield players, being so defensive-minded. I see England fans commenting about that before the game, but then when they win the game, it's like, tick, job done, move on to the next one. Well, for me, it ain't as simple as that. I want to be entertained, but I think some will just clap anything. Well, it's, um, I suppose, and it's probably like being in a desert for a couple of years and then you see a, an oasis or something. Mm. And someone hands you a drink, you, it's like it's been that long since we've uh, we've been to a final. And I mean, the youngsters today don't know that, but uh, about even the elders, I think that the one people, real, the real, real football people wouldn't appreciate, uh, wouldn't appreciate what, Southgate's doing really. He's going to be a national hero uh, come the final. Uh, and unless uh, you know, I, I can only think uh, Don's back Spain, uh, but uh, I can only think that Italy will will really give him a test. You know, it, you know, it, it will be it will be like playing in the third division and getting promoted to the second, then the first, and then you get in the Premier League and then you have to face the reality of football because uh, at the moment it's been it's been handed on a plate at the moment. The Germans were, you know, as you said, they didn't have a, they didn't have a striker. There was no way in a million years they were going to score last night, the other team. If, no. they'd, have, if they'd have played until Pancake Day, uh, you know, so uh, that tells you... Another thing, you know, why keep all, all them defenders on the field when, when you're playing against a team that you knew after quarter hour they had a good spell for 10 minutes in the first half where they were one nil down and they thought, oh, we got half a chance here. And they were getting, they, they got through a couple of times. But, you know, when you're playing against a team that is so defensive, you, that will happen. Mm. That will happen because... You know, it's uh, they're they're allowing you, England allow you to come on to them and, and do that, uh, which is a dangerous game. But it's not so dangerous when you're playing against opposition that really, uh, as we said, if it had been you know a World Cup match with with against top opposition, they would just tear you to shreds. That you wouldn't get if this England team he's picking at the moment. They might be getting through these games, and it's like saying you can only beat who's in front of you, but um, against top top level teams, they will get torn to shreds if they if they played against like uh, like that. I mean, I said it last 
18 months ago when we played Belgium and, and me and Dom were in Grand Canary and I turned around to him and, and he was very hopeful that we'd win. I said, well, we won't win. I said, not the way, not if he keeps keeps leaving Grealish out. Uh, he won't, he'll keep playing their midfield players, the holding midfield players. And if De Bruyne's fit and Eden Hazard's fit, Belgium will win the matches. It's as simple as that because they, they would love playing against England. And next thing you know, I think they would, Belgium would turn it up in about 25 minutes and it was game over. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's the difference in quality of opposition. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, I watched the Belgians the other night and even even Belgium now, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a very, I don't know, it might be because of, um, you've got, they're blaming travel. It's nothing to do with travel, but, um, it seems that these nations, because they're not playing at home, is it that, you know, the Rome's, uh, Italy started off in Rome and they, they flew out the traps and they played the next game away and then they looked out of sorts. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a typical pandemic uh, championship, really. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I haven't seen anything yet that... That there won't be nothing to speak about when a tournament's over. No, I think if, if England win it or not, there won't there won't be a, exactly what you, you said about great moments in the game. <clears throat> the best, the, I mean, the, the the moment of the match obviously was Harry's volley. You know, the, the goal he throws hand on that would have, that would have been probably the one the second best goal in the tournament to the the fellas' goal in the halfway line. But um, yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. And going back to what my opening statement is, when whenever I played, I always look at the opposition and think, well, you know, don't boast about your performance because, you know, a lot of people could play like that against them. You know, you you, you only boast about it when you when you really got tough opponents. And um, I I think I see enough of this. We see enough with Denmark to know that they'll they'll be a different proposition, but. It's it's the other two that will give give England the real test, um, and that's what we need really. Because if you look at all their wins, it'll uh, it'll boast about another clean sheet. I mean, my my God, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure what football's come to really. If 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 that's what it's all about, clean sheets, I I don't get it. Rio Ferdinand said the other week about the most important thing in football is a clean sheet. Well, if you go to football every Saturday after you've been at work all week to see your team uh, stop the other team from scoring, then I don't, I don't, I don't call that sport. That's that's not entertainment. No, it isn't. And football for me <clears throat> is entertainment. Football is you go, you turn on your TV. You, you, you know, it isn't free on the TV. We still got to pay our subscriptions to watch it on the TV, or we go through the turnstiles and pay our entrance fee. Well, there's not many players on the planet at the moment and, and teams that I would actually pay to watch or tune in to watch because a lot of these games and a lot of these players, I just question where football is going because it ain't going forward, it's going backwards. And I look at this tournament very similar to when Leicester City won the Premier League. Every one of the big hitters I look at, I think, 
out of form, out of form, out of sorts, players injured, not good enough. And, and Leicester City come up and then took that Premier League title. But they took it, good luck and well done to them, but they took it in a very, very poor Premier League. And whoever wins this is going to win the poorest tournament, in my opinion, in my lifetime. Well, I, yeah, I, I think I, I said that from the beginning. I yeah, mean, I... I said it, it's it's a very it's you know I look for all the teams that, that you know because it's not like years ago when there was no Sky TV and we didn't know the opposition so well but we know all the opposition now because most of a lot of them the best players play in the Premier League which made you wonder about these other teams when he said um, uh, seven of last night's team play team playing the top team in Ukraine. You, it makes you wonder what their league's like. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I, I just I just feel it's been a it, it's been a it's a, it's been a tragedy really that uh, the, the season. Just take Jack Grealish for, for instance. You know we always talk about Jack because he's a great example of. A kid growing up and want to play for his country, and the kids work so hard. There he's got uh, Dean Smith's done a magnificent job with him, and he's a finish for me. He's near enough to finished article for an international player now. That I've always said that there's club players and international players, and Grealish is an international player and someone that we want to watch. And when it comes to big tournaments, the big stage, you want your big players, and we're gonna we're gonna look like. I've said it all along. We have a great chance of winning it. I, you know, I've, I've when Portugal dropped out, I thought, well, you know, and I, in the end of the day, I hope I hope they win it. But because my mate's backed him at sixteen to one, he's had a right few quid on him. Yeah. And so, you know, and and when he caught, when he pulled Harry Kane off, I thought, what are you doing? Don't do that. Let the lad get the golden boot it's all about breaking records I know what would have happened if he'd have pulled Shearer off last night yeah got a right hander yeah Shearer would have went Shearer would have went nuts what are you doing I'm here to, I'm here I'm here to be the leading goal scorer you know we're 3-0 up mate you know they're not going to come this that team didn't have four goals with them if they played all year yeah you know, and yet he's pulling his star striker. He could turn around and say, "Well, I want to save Harry for the next game." Well, we know what the next game's all about, don't we? You know, it isn't all about the next game. He's getting the job done last night. He's been out of sorts. He even said in the paper the other day, "He's going to now he scored one. He's going to do an Alan Shearer and go on and get goals, 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 goals." And he gets two and he pulls him off. Yeah. Well, that to me is bad management. I, uh, I would have kept him on and tried to get him scoring five goals. Well, you know, I said that I said to Don about my friend's bet, and he's had him to be leading goal England to win it, and and uh, Harry to be leading goal scorer. And the, the opportunity arose last night after he'd been in a bad patch to get them goals. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, so you go, you say, Harry, go on, go and fill your boots. Uh, but no, it was kind of. And you see Harry was up for it. You know, he got a bit of a spring back in his step after the first go. He was delighted, which he should have been, because that was it. It was game over after three minutes, basically. Yeah. Um, but I'd have been so disappointed if he pulled me off uh, after scoring two goals. Again, you want a hat-trick. It would have been like, really, 
uh, all those a, a lot uh, pulling Jeff Hurst off in the World Cup final and he's got two goals. Well, he would never be. He would never have made. He would never have made history for England if he if if, if Ramsey was silly enough to do that. Mm. Um, because you don't you don't do that. You don't do that to a striker. Uh, and I wouldn't mind. You know, if he if he had two of the best strikers in the world, then he had to give them half a game each. That's that's a different matter. But it it was just it, it just defied all logic to me. It certainly did with me and the panel. Uh, what was the Frank Lampard, uh, Shearer, and, and and Lineker, and Rio Ferdinand, and they were talking constantly about goals, about goals. How you felt as a goal scorer if you didn't score goals? How how low did you feel? How good did you feel when you scored the goals? It's almost as well being a Gareth Southgate loving. I would have loved Rio, for instance, to have said to all three of those players, "How would you have felt if you was on two goals?" In a game where you really could have filled your boots and scored four or five, how would you have felt to get tugged off? Now, I know it's a team game, but you forwards, you ain't really team players. You're goal scorers. You're very selfish players. And that's why you're great goal scorers. But nobody asks the question. They all go, he done the right thing. No, he never. You ask Harry Kane, Harry, how did you really feel? He would have been gutted coming off last night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it... He'd have gone to bed last night, you know, having a nightmare, really, he, because uh, he won't, he won't get the that kind of opportunity again to make his mark. You know, he could have broke all, he could have broke records last night. Yeah. Um, and as I say, my mate must have been absolutely heartbroken. I mean, it comes for a hell of a lot of money, and he's kind of taking money out of his pocket by by doing it. You don't mind if he's got, if he got. We, we, if we half knew that he's got a bit of a twinge or something, he's got a bit of an injury, so we will get him off for the next game. Yeah. But he was just, he was just warming up last night. You know, he couldn't, he would never have hit that volley three games ago. Yeah. He's getting, he got, it's his confidence is coming back. Uh, he lost his confidence. He didn't look the same player. You and I had this conversation. Uh, we said it's either one of three reason, either this transfers on his mind or is he injured? He looks laboured or this, he's getting no service. Uh, what is his problem? But whatever problem it is, um, came quite clear last night. But if you're going to get, if you're going to, I remember years ago in ninety in in when I first got into the Chelsea team, I remember Dom Dom Revy at Leeds. He used to take. Uh, it was quite well known that he, when they used to go on pre-season training, he used to go to all the Scandinavian countries and play against the teams who wouldn't get in uh, our, you know, fourth division. And they'd beaten 21-0 and 18-0 and 17-0. And he'd give um, the, his idea was to give the strikers a chance to, you know, get as many goals as they can and build their confidence up and, and really be like shooting practice, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and there you have the same situation last night and he's bringing defenders on. And it just it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, whether he's getting ready for Italy and thinking, well, I've got to play to bring the defenders on now because I might have to play them all against Italy or Spain. You know, he, he, that might might be his way of thinking because he's definitely not giving the forwards the chance to express himself. I just don't know what he thinks anymore. I I, actually, I just posted 
up earlier. I actually like the fella. I like Gareth Southgate. There's nothing in his personality that you actually can't like. He comes across, he talks well. You know, I like him. I just don't like his footballing philosophy. He's too yeah, negative. He's too defensive. I don't want him as my manager. No, I don't. Uh, I, I can't stand the man. I I, I I was in a room with him one day and I asked, uh, he was, um, I actually was invited to a luncheon one day and uh, it was in, it was only on my doorstep, it was in Putney, it was in the, it was in the, the Hurlingham, place called the Hurlingham Club and there, as luck would have it, Ray Lewington was there with, uh, with Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson was the manager at the time. And there was three of them on the. And what they do is, it if you're a Wembley club member, yeah, they give you tickets to go and to go and see these whatever you call them, these chats, football chats. And Roy Hodgson was sitting on the top. Uh, they, they didn't have a table or such. So they, they liked the seats. And Ray Lewington was sitting next to him, and uh, Southgate was sitting in the corner, very quiet. Uh, he was obviously under 21 manager then, I would I would think, yeah. uh, and part part of the backroom staff. And uh, we got in there. We we met in a pub uh, called the Eight Bells, um, where I'm going today. And we um, we walked around. There was about six of us in the party, and I was invited by somebody I knew and uh, done a couple of talks for. And we just about got some seats. Literally in the row where they where they were sitting, we were on the side, and there was half a dozen seats there, and we sat there. And Roy Hodgson started talking about the improvement in the England team, how they're playing the ball out from the back, and everything else, and this, that, and the other. And I, and I just couldn't help it. I, 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 they had someone from Sky TV there who was doing the interviewing and had the microphone, and he and people were putting their hands up. These the reason I mentioned about giving the tickets away because. Most of the people in the audience were just went for. It was supposed to be a luncheon, but you got there with a kind one kind of a banquet. So they went out for a, for a afternoon out, no, knowing nothing about football. Um, and I, I and I just put my hand up, and he said, yeah, "Yes, sir." And I, I he recognised me. He said hello, and then Ray Lewington went, "Oh, hello, how are you? All right, Ray. I won't." I said, "Hello, Ray. How are you?" I was about to say, "Sit down, mate." <laughs> And, uh, and, and I said, excuse me, can you answer me one question? I said, uh, you're talking about English, England internationals. You've been in charge for a couple of years now. You're talking about them playing from the back. I said, we used to do that at school. We used to do that in the playground. We used to do that as kids. You're talking about these so-called superstar players on under two hundred thousand pound a week, passing the ball from the back to the midfield, and you're saying that's progress. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how. We, and Southgate sat there, and he didn't say a word. He should have spoke up. Yeah, he should have said something to me, and he didn't. And I was waiting for him to say something because I'd have told him where to go. Because, you know, he's he's. He's there as an FA official, and when he speaks before games and when he talks to the game, he speaks, as you say, he says ev- he says everything that people want to hear. Yeah. He says what the FA want him to say, um, and what they did, 
they'll probably say we're justified in extending his contract before the German game, which was yeah. a big, big, that was unbelievable what they did there. Mm. Um, and they're, all they're saying is that we have, this is our man. They might as well give him a job for life. Yep. Than, than extend his contract because that's all they're saying. He's an FA man. And when, if the day does come, and he, he, I can't see how they're going to sack him. They can't sack him because, you know, with all the euphoria, he brought it back into the country. They can't sack him because he's, he's done such a wonderful job to get, not concede a goal. Yeah. You know, what's going on? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the kind of team that uh, my old mate Peter Shilton would love to be it. Being, you know, he—that's all he was on about. He—he he loved going for a season. If we had forty-two nil-nil draws, he would have been in in football heaven. Yeah, you know, because that was all the game was to him—not let it go in. Well, I'm afraid that that if you get forty-two nil-nils, you end up halfway down the league or near the bottom. Well, if they're twenty, if forty-two games, you get forty-two points, and nobody wins with uh, forty-two points. We want to win three nil and four two, and you know, and that wasn't that wasn't on his agenda. And this this is exactly if if Shilton should be a part of their coaching team because they're also bloody negative. Yeah. They don't think about the football people that go and want to watch the great midfield players and the great strikers. And and as you say, all you say it all the time, you want to be entertained. Yeah. Well, football football is an entertainment. It's like going. People go. I mean, I I. Two or three years ago, I spent my first time, I, I used to live near Wimbledon Tennis Courts, and I, I spent my first afternoon, it was a beautiful summer's day, and I, I took a few drinks with me, and, and there was a bar there, and I sat on court number, I was, I was on court number five or six or something, but I left that game and went to one of the outside courts, and I, I watched an American girl uh, play a, 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 a Czech girl, and I sat there all afternoon, and I, I was in heaven mm. because I was being entertained by two 16, 17, 18-year-old tennis players who were absolutely superb. Yeah. And I didn't know who they were. Yeah. But that's called entertainment. And I left there and I, I mean, we didn't, we, they weren't my tickets, but whoever bought the tickets, mate, they got their money's worth. Mm. But that, I don't say, I don't see anything, whoever, when they go, when they go to Wembley, however much they pay for the next game, they better get their money's worth because, um, they're, they're, I mean, they're fortunate that it's Denmark. With no disrespect to Denmark, it, it's, it's not, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so there for the winning. It's, it's unbelievable. But how are you going to win it? You know, is it going to be another 66? Is it, is it going to be win it all costs, you know? Uh, don't worry about how you play. It's it, it's winning it, and uh, I'm afraid that I'm 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 dreading I'm dreading in in one way winning it because Somehow. because it's going to be a tragedy. It's going to be tragic for football. Um, it's going to be tragic for the next generation of footballers. Yep. Uh, it's going to be tragic for the next Jack Grealish who comes through. And say, well, what is the point of me playing like this and improving my game and getting to the top of my game? I'm better than all them players in front of me, and yet I can't get a game. Yep. And I and I lived through that in in my life in my twenties when I, they were picking 
Don Ragley was picking Trevor Cherry instead of me and these kind of players, all these Leeds players, that, you know, that go out to play the game in a different way. Uh, and, and players like me, and, and, and that's, that's where it all went wrong. I mean, they even went to the extent of make, making the show on TV, the Mavericks, didn't they? Yeah. Why didn't they yeah. get... And, 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 and I had to explain to someone last night that in the 70s, from 1970 to 1982, because we won the World Cup, we didn't qualify for 12 years, yeah. and we supposed to invented the game. Yeah. So that's what happens. Winning, winning so, so many times, winning is a bad thing. It is because it masks over the problems, and you're absolutely right. He, Southgate now is just taking over from Roy Hodgson. He's, he's, he's doing Hodgson's work. There has been no development of players. When you look at the likes of the Grealish and the Fodens and the great inside forwards and the wingers and all that, you're absolutely spot on. You think, well, why do I bother? Because I ain't going to get picked. You've almost got to say, do you know what? I'm retiring from international football. I'm just going to concentrate on my club football because all they want in this team are robots. We play a robot game and for me that is not taking the game forward you referenced italy and on the uh, in in november 76 when we played in the olympic stadium we needed uh, we needed a result over there in italy and the midfield consisted of uh, trevor brooking brian greenoff and trevor cherry you're absolutely spot on because that's what Reevy did he had alan hudson and tony curry and Alan Ball, and he played Brooking, Greenoff and Cherry, and he consistently did the same. They wonder why they fail. They set up to fail when they don't pick their best players. And what happens, you spot on now, because people think it's the way forward and that's how you win games of football and, and you don't, it impacts the next generation. So winning in 66 was one of the worst things because we won without wingers, we won without entertaining players and we think that's a recipe for success. So we go down that line. No, we should go down the line of the Mavericks and being entertained and change our game and make it entertaining. Let's talk about 66, Al, because there are shades of 66 in this. The shades of 66 with the suits and the way that England and the FA run it. If you was the manager, what changes would you have made? Because we had some fantastic players that didn't get on the pitch in 66, didn't we? Yeah, we... uh... When you look back, um, you mentioned the other day about um, Peter Thompson. You see a film of Peter Thompson. I remember when I first got in the game. I, I remember uh, probably the best coach. Uh, I'm not one for coaches. The only coach I've ever really took any notice of was Don Howitt um, at Arsenal. And he, he obviously, he's from your neck of the woods. And uh, I remember him playing for West Brom one day and... Uh, and then he, he went to Arsenal. I think he might have played right back for Arsenal this day, and he, he played at Anfield. And Peter Thompson ripped him to shreds. Yeah. He actually tore him limb from limb, and I felt sorry for Don, but Don was a right back, and that's, that, was, that, that is your job. But this fellow was probably, if he was Brazilian, he'd have been in a Brazilian team. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He was good. Um, and I thought, like, like you do, I thought, that's probably taught Don his greatest coaching lesson 
of all time playing against Peter Thompson because what he'd done after that, he went to coach the double winning team at Arsenal and he made sure that Geordie Armstrong, that you had to beat Geordie Armstrong before you got to the fullback. Yeah. He was a petrified defender. Don was a petrified defender, and he he can he cover and, and basically that's what they're doing now. That's that's exactly what they're doing. Southgate, you know, somebody said in the pub yesterday, how, how can defenders be good managers? Oh, well, don't you know? Don't get me into that one. Mm. Um, you know, because Southgate, you know, we want to, basically what they want to do is they want to plug all the holes. It's if you watch his Sam Allardyce team over the years, you you would stop watching football. You know, that, that's what happens. Um, um, so Peter Thompson, without a doubt, would be on your team sheet. There, there was, there would be no, there would be no. And, and then you look in midfield, and um, I, I don't know. I, I would have I probably moved. I would have moved Alan Ball inside, although he done a fantastic job uh, as a youngster out on the wide. But and, and as Alan admits, I've, I've been to his shows and I've seen him. Uh, on YouTube and I've heard him talk and he's told me personally anyway that he was just over the moon to be in that team in that starting 11 which he was because it was it was something else mm. um, but I think that the, I, I would definitely have played George Eastham in 66 he was a, he, he was the greatest midfield player one of the greatest midfield players I've ever seen and yet he, he was on the bench so we forfeited uh, the the best winger in the country and the best midfield player in the country. Uh, he said that Martin Peters was 10 years ahead of his time. Well, I don't know where he got that from. Yeah. I used to love playing against Martin. I loved him as a person. He was a, he was a, he was a terrific bloke and uh, I, I, I knew him quite well as well because I, I, when Jeff, Jeff Hurst was my landlord at Stoke, he, he was his mate. And Judith and his wife were very so. I, I know them very well, but uh, I'll give him credit where it's due. He had a good World Cup, but for me, he wouldn't have been in that team. It would have been George Eason and Alan Ball in midfield, and I'm afraid Nobby Styles wouldn't have been in it for me. Um, they're national heroes because they won it, but as we'll find out if we win this trophy, uh, Declan Rice will be a national hero. Yeah. Uh, and and the other lad that plays alongside him, Phillips, they're going they're going to come home as heroes. And if, uh, I can picture them coming through the airport now with uh, Declan Rice being mobbed and Jack Grealish being ignored, mm. you know. And that's what it kind of done. But um, uh, we were very very fortunate in '66 that we had four world class players in our team. And uh, uh, I, I always say that. It was mentioned last night. Actually, Frank Lampard mentioned it. Uh, I'm glad someone did get the point across. So there's international football and club football, and and to and which he wasn't one. If Frank himself and Gerard always had this problem with them too, because they were they were fantastic club players, but that next level up the top, they never really reached that level. It, the, the internationals for people like Perlo and and players like that. Uh, and the Netzers and Beckenbauers of the world, uh, and we we had we actually had that in '66. We probably had one of the best midfield players in the world on the line, and, and people at Stoke Stoke and Trent will tell you that. And I was I was very proud to follow George at Stoke City, and he 
he would have he would have graced Wembley in '66, and we would have we would have we would have still won the World Cup, but we would have done it with a bit of style, which we didn't want. Alf didn't want. I mean, he called he called, Alf Ramsey called the Argentinian animals. He's got Nobby Styles in midfield who who, who tackled uh, Eusebio, as Alan Ball says. He put one round his neck, you know, and and he's and Alf's calling the you know calling George Grant, to George Cohen don't. Don't swap shirts with them; they're animals, you know. So, I, I, I thought we were the animals, you know, in that tournament. You got Jack Charlton of Leeds, and you got Nobby Styles. Uh, I was a Fulham supporter around that time, and George Cohen played right back. And I thought, my God, uh, I, I just couldn't. Well, no one could see that was that was again another. Get out! I, you know, they said as we got as we went through the tournament, we got better. But um, I looked at the German team, and they weren't very good at that time. The Germans, you know, it was. Um, I don't know. It seems as if we're pulling England apart. But but we're only doing it because of the aftermath of it all. Yeah. So who? You've got George Easton, Alan Ball, Peter Thompson. I'm guessing Jimmy Greaves is up front. Who would the other two uh, forward players be in your 60, boys of 66 team, Al? And then let's talk about Gordon Banks clearly would be the goalkeeper, but who would the uh, other three defenders uh, alongside the great Bobby Moore be? Well, I, uh, I I tried to rack my brains for another fullback, but I think the fullback in, in 66 was going to be Ken Shiletto of Chelsea. And he got a bad. He was he was he was in the England side, and uh, I think he was he was he, he kind of got that right back spot. Unlike today, where you've got so many fullbacks, you don't know uh, what side they're going to play on. This, that, and the other. Uh, but it was Ken Shalato was mapped to play to play right back. Um, I can't remember. I I, I don't I can I don't know. If Jack Charlton got in a team to please the Charlton family, I don't know. If this was a, if this, <laughs> it was because he was Bobby's brother, I don't know. But um, um, we had we had players around that time. I mean, I, at Chelsea we had we had people like Marvin Hinton. Uh, at Arsenal you had people like Peter Simpson, uh, far superior players. Who didn't really get a look in at international level, and they 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 would have been great players. I mean, to play alongside Bobby Moore, you didn't have to be that fantastic, really, because he he was he was so out, outstanding. But I'd have picked someone like Marvin Hinton and Peter Simpson. I, I, and uh, all I'm doing is doing what the Germans done with Beckenbauer, really putting a football in, pulling pulling Beckenbauer back and putting him at centre half mm. because he put he did that so because. People were latching onto him in midfield and saying, "Stop the number four coming forward." So they put him in the back four, so they couldn't mark him. Yeah. So that was the first master stroke that the helmet Sean pulled. So I, I don't think it needed a lot of doing it. Uh, you know, we had the best. We had the best goalie in the world. He had to make saves in '66 and '70. Well, where Pickford hasn't had to make one yet. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is not. That is not. Because England have been terrific defensively. If we look last night, back at the game last night, Don kept saying England have got seven players in the box and the other team have got one. Yeah. They were never going to score. Yeah. So, so 
you know, Banks, uh, Banks was obviously, he, he goes in automatically. Uh, the, the left back stays in 66, Ray Wilson, you know, if Alan Ball says he was the best left back in the world because he went on to play with him at Everton. He's a far better judge than that that me because I was too young to really know. I didn't play against him enough. Uh, but Baldy said he was he was the best, so he would have he would have been the left back. Uh, I'm <clears throat> I, I'm not sure about the, you know. Um, yeah, I think we've kind of got kind of got the back four. We got Shaletto. We we got a, a Marvin Hinton type player alongside Bobby Moore. Uh, because international, in, in international football, you don't really need tall defenders. They don't, you, you don't really get too many high balls coming in. And when you do, you've got the great banks of England there. So there's no problem there. And you've got your two midfield players. As it turned out, uh, the, the, the World Cup always kind of, it's like a cup final someone gets injured and someone comes in to take their place and they become the hero. And that's what happened with Jeff Hurst. Jeff Hurst came in and proved uh, to be more than capable, but he would play up front uh, and he would, have been, he would have been great up front for the likes of Jimmy because Hurst, made the kind of runs would leave spaces for Jimmy to exploit, you know. Uh, that that was a type. Of, I, I think Jeff Hurst was a great selection at that time in '66, and and uh, having played with him at Stoke, I realised what a good player he was. Yeah. Um, and then, so basically, you're only talking about a right-sided player, uh, a wide player there. Well, it, it depends if you want to play four-two-four, four-three-three, and and Bully had so much energy, he, he could kind of do that role in one. Yeah. Um, but you had, you had other players around that time. You had, you know, Ian Callaghan at that time was a good player at, at Liverpool. He done the kind of job that uh, would be good for today because he was a, a kind of a, although he was very good going forward, he was he was someone that filled in the spaces, you know. Um, so uh, we had, as I say, we had we had four world class players, and that was uh, apart from the goalkeeper, and the the, the rest really. Um, you, you had to kind of fill the spaces around him. Bobby Cholton, um, is Bobby Cholton in this team of yours? We're playing in the final of the World Cup. Do you fit Bobby Cholton into that team? So far, you've well, got Eastern yeah, Ball. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Well, I'm, 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 this is what I did the other day. It was like the, the jigsaw. It was kind of... Uh, the Bobby Charlton, because Bobby Charlton at one time he was a he was a left winger, wasn't he? And they pulled him inside. And Bobby was one of those that didn't really have a position. Um, he wasn't an inside forward. It's like when I speak about people like Charlie Cook, he never had a position. He yeah. wasn't a winger and he wasn't a midfield player. And Bobby was pretty much the same. He he was a drifter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I would think to 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 have all the best players in your team, which which I would do, I I would have probably put Bobby in 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 midfield with George Eastman and and kept Bawley on the right. Yeah. And then and then because I I know George Eastman, if if Bawley went uh, wandering about the field, which he was good at, then George would have no problem. He he was he, George Eastman was a a master tactician on the field he would he would he would know where to go if Baldy went somewhere he would know where to go he wouldn't need telling by any coach yeah. what to do so you know I, 
uh, we might not have won it, but we'd have been a much better team and we'd qualify for the next 12 years. So, centre-half alongside Bobby Moore, if I'm going to push you, Marvin Hinton or, or Simpson from Arsenal, who would you have given that number five shirt to if Alan Hudson was the manager in July 66? Well, I I was a big fan of Marvin Hinton and... Uh, People say he was just a couple of inches short of being probably the best centre-half in the country. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not too sure about that. Um, um, it's like Brian Clough used to win the the championship with goalkeepers five foot eight. Yeah. You know, you, there's, there's, ways, there's ways around this. And I, I've, if Marvin Hinton had a little, a bit, little bit more belief in himself, he was, he, he was just a, he was a fraction behind Bobby Moore for his shirt, but he, he was never given any, he wasn't, to tell you the truth, he, was, he wasn't ambitious or nothing like that, but he was an incredible player, and I, well, like it or not, I'd have just pulled him up and say, well, you, you're going to be playing alongside Bobby Moore, yeah. and I would have tried it out and see if it worked, uh, and I couldn't see, I, I, can't, I still can't see to this day any reason why it wouldn't work. Yeah. So you'd have had you'd had Ken Shelley and Marvin in, and it seems he seems like I'm a Chelsea supporter now because you've got two Chelsea. <laughs> and then obviously that you got the great Bobby Moore. You just build a defence around Bobby, and Bobby does the rest. Um, and then you got you got uh, Ray Wilson left back. You've got, um, and then you got Ball, Easton, Charlton, Thompson on the left. You've got the great, the best goal scorer of all time, Jimmy Greaves, and. Uh, Jeff Erster do all the donkey work up front, which he was good at. That seems one hell of a team, Al. It's very, it's, um, well, it's, um, if I think if you offered any of them players to a manager, they would snap your hand off yeah. as an individual. And you'll, you'll find that, and you speak to people like Alan Ball or Bobby Moore, the more, the more great players you have in one team, uh, the more chance you have of winning anything and winning, particularly winning that match and then going on to winning the trophy itself. You know, and we saw, we saw Ralph Ramsey's way of thinking and with the greatest respect to, to Jeff Astle and his family, because we know what he went through, bless him. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1970, if he was a better centre forward, if he, he was put on in front of Peter Osgood in Mexico and it proved our downfall. Yeah, uh, as Ramsey proved with pulling Bobby Charlton off, it was it was wrong, you know. Where this is where Southgate covers himself. Southgate, uh, uh, as we aptly named him, Safegate. He he does everything safety first. He's like a he's like a tightrope walker, making sure he's got that net underneath him every yeah. time. Where we will pick players that don't need a net. Yeah, um, that, that's the way it is. Um, but uh, Alf, Alf, Alf made a couple of moves, and, uh, and and when he banned me and Colin Todd, he you know he, he banned you know potentially two of the best young players in the country, mm. and then he got the sack because of it, because you again Alf Ramsey be, become a, a national hero and then forgotten overnight when he got the sack, so. Uh, people forgot 1966. They, they live on 66, but if you ask, you ask them for great performances, they wouldn't really be able to tell you many. No. 
You know, if the Argentine mm. game, if Ratin Adner got sent off, we were in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and and that was kind of stirred up by, uh, you know, Nobby Styles in midfield and everything else, the way that we played the game. All right, well, you've got to play with that, the English mentality, bulldog spirit or whatever it is. But come on, let's, you know, let's, Let's show the other side of the game. We got we got players coming through with, you know, these players. They we haven't had gifted players for quite a long time. We have the best players in Paul Gascoigne on on the sideline, and um, the old country's raving about winning four 0 against Ukraine. You know, let's let's get our priorities right here. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we're absolutely spot on. There are shades of sixty six. If anybody looked at that 66 World Cup winning team and said, what was the greatest game that we played in? Tell us our great performers. They'd struggle. And they'd struggle with today, with Southgate. It's almost like passing on the baton of English football and the way that we don't play football. But we, as you've always alluded to, send in the clowns. I was reading uh, briefly Tony Curry's book, his, his biography um, about the life and times of uh, Tony Curry, the uh, the matador. And Borley, in one paragraph, said, give the donkeys a lump of sugar and they'll run all day and play carpet bowls and bingo all night and nothing ever changes, how does it? Instead yeah. of giving them an orange at half-time, let's give them lumps of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was, it was, it was I, I remember, uh, you know, I've told, I think we spoke about it on air and uh, the day that me, Frank and Alan Ball and Frank, it was uh, 1975 before the West Germany game. I, I never, I, I don't even know, like we said about Jack, I don't even know why I bothered turning up, but it, mm. it kind of, it seemed like a good idea at the time, and my manager at that time, Tony Waddington, would say, "Look, he wanted he wanted me to play for England. He, he thought I deserved it, and he he, he wanted to, you know he bought he Tony loved having England players in his in his team, I and mean, he bought he bought three World Cup Cup uh, squad players in George Eason, Jeff Hurst, and Gordon Banks. He brought them into Stoke City, which was unheard of." Uh, so he'd have loved me to play for England, and uh, and, and he, 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 you know, he banged my drum, and so I off I went to to join the England squad, but with, with knowing knowing I wasn't going to play, and uh, the next thing you know, it's I'm I'm teamed up with Alan Ball, and um, he knows he's not going to get picked, and and Frank Worthington, he knows he's not going to get picked, mm. and so we take a walk down Millionaires Row, as they called it, opposite the hotel, and. Uh, the first house we get to is uh, Bernie Winters, and we we walk into Bernie Winters' house, and he's got a nice bar in there. We're standing around talking. Bernie's a big Arsenal fan, and a big fan of ballers. And so he said, "Um, and what are you doing? What what's what's going on?" This so we we one of us turned around and went, "Well, the lads are playing." He, he said, "What? Well, don't you play golf?" So we went, no, they're not playing golf. They're playing bingo and carpet bowls. He says, you can't win a World Cup by playing bingo and carpet bowls. What's going on? And that was it. So he started laughing. So Bern, even Bernie Winters, and I wouldn't say he's the greatest comedian in the world, but he, he, he thought it was half a joke. 
But that that was the way it was. If you didn't play carpet bowls and bingo with Don Brebby, you didn't get a look in. Yeah. And it appears roll it on to twenty twenty one, although it's the ninety which twenty twenty Euros in twenty twenty one. The boys are playing uh, volleyball in the uh, the swimming pools. They're playing darts. I'm not too sure whether they're playing carpet bowls or bingos, but it's very similar. And again, the similar thing is our maverick type of players, our best players are being overlooked as they always have done. And I'm guessing now, if we win it like we win it, always will be because we will just keep repeating the cycle and the fans, as long as England win, they will keep clapping like a seal in the circus. Well, it appears, you know, that appears to be, I mean, as I say, the, the, I, I left uh, one bar last night and to go on to the casino and uh, it was, uh, the Denmark game had just finished and most of the people couldn't even see the screen. Yeah. So I don't think they'll be, they'll be celebrating again today, but they won't know, they, they won't realise what they've been celebrating. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, I haven't read a paper this morning. I won't buy a paper. I don't think. No, same here. It's it's pointless because and and I won't be watching too much on TV about it. I'll put the racing on today. I think um, because we've heard it all before, haven't we? It's it's just and them them people on the panel last night. You know, they're getting paid big 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 bucks. You know and. They don't. They, they they just don't see the big picture, you know. The only one, the only one on there that w- would have been any good last night would have been, well, the two of them put Saunas and uh, Roy Keane on to yeah. tell 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 the actual truth and tell that tell the tell the truth about look, if this this was not a, this was not a, an an obstacle we you know had to try too hard to to get over this yeah. was so simple this was a poor poor ukraine team mm. and what they were talking about last night about the euphoria of the semi-final yeah we're in the semi-final yeah you know i remember wimbledon beating liverpool in the, in the fa cup final so you know that that was that that's what happens in in, in knockout football mm. um and i'm i'm afraid I'm afraid of that I, I I watched it last night and I, uh, it was only because I was in a, a private place that I, I couldn't turn the telly down. Yeah. Because it was it just turned you off and you it spoils the game for me, Paul. Yeah, same here, Al. So I suppose in essence what we're both saying is even if England do go on and win it, football won't be coming home. It'll just be a sterile version of the beautiful game, sadly. Yeah, well, it's um, sometimes you sing the song, but it's you know uh, Frank Skinner don't know what he's done really. He's he's bred a monster, isn't he? Yeah, he has. Because because football hasn't come home, come home. It hasn't come home for a long time, and uh, I do, I do, <laughs> I do love. Uh, I don't know if you see the Graham Saunders bit yesterday, did you? He, he, I don't know he's on television, but. It was about his son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Son's an England, England fan. I mean, uh, that's fantastic. You know, um, and he, he's held his hands up. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. Uh, but but he said, and he said, he said, the son, he said, football's not coming home. 
not in this house. <laughs> <laughs> and if he does, you're homeless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, quality but, Al. You know, I, I kind of pictured last night, you know, they, they, how England kind of swan through the game last night. I mean, having said that, I looked at the players at 10 minutes ago and they were exhausted because you'd never seen them want the ball so much. So they always didn't want the ball against Scotland. No, exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, when it was tough, you know, they, they were all in they were all in a hiding. Uh, but that's what happens when you play against inferior opponents. Yeah. Uh, you'll find that the, the you know, the Declan Rice is, is he's again, again, he's a, a decent club player. Frank wanted it. He was speaking highly of him last night because he wanted to sign him at Chelsea. Yeah. Probably one of his excuses that he would never got the sack and he signed him. But I don't think that, that, that there's nothing further from the truth. Um, again, then they're not, uh, they're not my type of midfield players and especially not at international level. No, absolutely. But again, that's the way that Southgate likes to play. It's a game that I don't like watching. Um, and although, yes, of course, you want England to win, there's part of me that actually doesn't because I want us to win with a swagger and a style. And he could win it with a swagger and a style. But as you've alluded to earlier, Al, he's like the tightrope walker that hasn't got that confidence to go, do you know what? I'm walking straight over there and I'm going to jump off successfully. I want that safety net just in case. And do you know what? I'm going to have two safety nets just in case the first safety net doesn't work. (laughs) 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 It boils my piss. It really does. Well, there you go, Al. It's been another entertaining hour, mate, and we will reconvene. Um... When England do beat Denmark, so I fully expect them to beat Denmark, I'm just looking forward to England playing against a team that tests us because that's what international football is all about for me, being tested, being you tested. Know, I, said, I said several times to Don last night, you know, if the, Italy, if the Italians get through, uh, they'll be playing against... Two, two centre halves, which yeah. will watch that game last night and would have laughed. Yeah, they would do. Yeah, and yeah. we will we will get a we will get a massive shock if we go into if we go into a match thinking it's going to be like last night because um, uh, Southgate might have to bring fly some more defenders in um, because you know the the Italian the Italians will be the the, the stiffest test. Uh, we could possibly have, and I'm, I'm uh, in many ways it's it's terrific because it, it will make for a great final. Yeah. Um, but it, the saddest thing is about us talking. Uh, anyone listening, if anyone listening, and say uh, who went, who was excited last night, you you, you just got to feel that. I, I feel. I wonder how people like Jack are feeling. Foden was speaking up before, only the other day, and saying he even had his hair cut done like Gazza to, yep. to replicate replicate him in this tournament, and he ain't got a chance to do so. So he's wasted a few quid there, isn't he? Yeah, he just. You know, and, and Jack's Jack's come back and got himself to his peak of his powers, and 
and he's been ignored. He's got four of an hour here and a ten minutes there. One, he's got us through two two matches that we wouldn't have got through. We were, we'd have went to uh, probably penalties against yeah. the Germans without Jack. Yeah. So it could have been a could have been a totally. But they won't get mentioned uh, if we win it. It'll all be about how well Southgate has handled things. And I mean, when Gaza turns around and says. Uh, Southgate's got it right. Then he must. It must be something. <laughs> he must be bringing something totally different. He, he must be bringing thoughts or something. You know? And then, like, people keep posting them, but you still want Southgate out? Yes, I do want Southgate out. I yeah. don't like his football philosophy. Well, he hasn't got a football philosophy, no. isn't he? No, it's, not at all. Yeah. No. This is nothing. This is nothing to do with football. This is to do about winning and winning and losing. And it's it's a sad day when you've waited two years for a, a championship to come round. And they, someone said to me last night, "It's fantastic to see everybody out enjoying themselves because we've had the pandemic. We've come out of lockdown. I couldn't go through that again." And I said, "Yeah, but there's, uh, that's not the way to behave when you do it. You, you know, you try and do it with a bit of class and a bit of style." You don't you don't don't come out and get drunk because you because you've been in a lockdown, mm. you know. And it's it's kind of the way that England played last night. You know, we've yeah. been in a lockdown. Let's whatever whatever happens, we get through whatever we got to do to get through, and we'll play whatever way we got to play. And no matter who plays it, if some, we'll get someone off the street to put yeah. the shirt on. Well, that's not the way to do it. I'm afraid you pick your best players, and. Uh, we were talking, Don and I, because he's very good friends with Terry Venables, we talked about poor old Terry Venables and he hasn't been seen throughout this tournament because of his illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think back to 96 and what might have been and that was something to celebrate. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because he picked the best players. My, one of my all-time favourite players is Teddy Sheringham. He had him in there. Gascoigne could have been the greatest of all time. Had he not made them silly tackles, he was in there. You had the best centre forward, not of all time, but there was none better than Shearer. Mm. Uh, you know that was that was a team in '96. He had young uh, Jamie Redknapp coming through. He was going to be a good player, and he got injured. McManaman so, as well, yeah. But he, yeah, team McManaman. He, he he had he had a Venables picked the best team. Yeah. And uh, no, no one mentioned his name last night, which was a little bit disappointing, and wished him well. Um, and that kind of summed it all up, really. It, it doesn't matter about you know who got you there and who, who did it in style. It's all a matter of what happens today, and it don't matter how we get there as long as we get there. Absolutely, it's the now, the win, and that's all that counts. With some, <clears throat> but for others that love the football and want to watch the beautiful game, it's more about the entertainment value and sadly there's a serious lack of it all but uh, there we go we will uh, as i say reconvene after yeah. the denmark game is that how's that balloon is it still up it is <laughs> it tried to get out i opened my window in my front door it tried to get out i painted the color though poor wallet <laughs> it's not blue no more what color is it red and white and red and white stripe. <laughs> Top man, Al. Till next time. Catch you later, pal. Good luck, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Al. Cheers, mate. Thank you all for listening. Tell out of it. Bye. It was better than the game. Yes, it certainly was, mind you. That one difficult. <laughs> Cheers, my cat. Tell out of it. Bye.